0: Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted.
1: Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. How are you doing? Oh, I'm well, thank you. And you? What a very American way to simply say hello and move on with your day while you feign concern or care for another person. It's almost a burden to people if you answer that question with legitimate answers. How are you doing? Oh, well, I'm riddled with anxiety because my daughter is this and I, or I'm not sleeping very well lately because I can't stop thinking about that. And well, frankly, I don't know where I stand with this, so I can't really get motivated. Can you imagine if people actually answered that way? Yikes. Wait, what? But isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we actually want as leaders? Yes. Yes. And if you have a process in place and create the conditions, people will actually answer like that, and then you, as a leader, a friend, a loved one, can actually support another person. That's what I want to talk about today. Purposeful checkups and habits of inquiry so that you can look out for, look after, and look for ways to support others with your leadership and wisdom. Seriously, how many times has someone said to you, can I help you out in any way, and you you without thinking say, no, 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 I, I, I'll be fine. When in reality, it would be immensely helpful if you took them up on the offer and they removed some levels of burden in your day. Well, leaders understand their influence. They also understand that the only reason they are a leader is because they have influence over others. And sometimes the influence is to say, yes, please, I can use some support. And most importantly, Leaders understand that they have to be perseverant in their development of processes and habits to ensure others will take the support offered. That condition takes time, trust, and a regularly demonstrated ability to follow through for others. People have to see it, hear it, feel it in order to believe it. Now, a couple of quick reminders here. One, we are Buffalo leaders who charge into the storms that we are facing in order to get to the sunshine and stars quickly. Second, we understand that a leader is anyone who has influence over another person, making all of us leaders. Why is checking in on people with intention so important? Because it allows us to know what the people around us need in order for them to be the best version of themselves. Servant leadership. You hear that all the time. What do, but what, what does it mean? It means to serve others over self. It means to be thinking of others over self. It means to be thinking about what others need over self. And the result is if you think that way and you act that way, you feel better about yourself by meeting their needs. To illustrate servant leadership and the importance of the purposeful checkup, guess what? I have a story. 14 years ago, my wife and I sent our little four-year-old daughter Grace to four-year-old kindergarten. Our son Charlie was a first grader and our kids went to the same elementary school. The school was an old two-story building with classrooms even in the basement as well as the other levels. It is also the same school that my brothers and I went to as well as my wife and her sisters and her brothers. Oh, small town living, baby. Anyway, My wife and I went to a school open house that year about three weeks after the school year had begun. Grace was downstairs for her classrooms and Charlie was upstairs. We decided we'd start with Charlie's teacher as she was new to the profession and Meg and I, being teachers, wanted to check in on her progress and how our son was doing. We were greeted by the teacher and weirdly the principal in the classroom. It made us both a little nervous. You know how that is, right? You start to create a weird narrative when you see authority figures. Our son Charlie was a pretty cute little guy with glasses and a lazy eye who was very competitive and sensitive, with an obsession at that time with Star Wars, which I still think he has. Well, even as a school administrator myself and my wife being a teacher, we immediately got worried about why we were greeted with the big guns so early in the school year. We sat down, and the principal, knowing that I was also an administrator and my wife a teacher, gingerly began a conversation with us. And he kind of danced around a little bit before he finally asked a question to us. Hey, Ted, Megan, has Charlie ever been diagnosed or checked for diabetes? Megan and I immediately went into a small panic attack. No one likes to think that their child might have a health hurdle. And we looked at each other. Now, you know the look of your partner or spouse where there is no need for actually exchanging words because an entire conversation occurs in a single glance? Yeah, we had that, times five. We said, no. And I inquired, why do you ask? The teacher then went on to say that our little Charlie goes to the bathroom a lot more than any of the other kids, and it's not once in a while. It's every day. It's a few times in the morning and then right away before the lunch hour starts. She said he stands out in the fact that he leaves the classroom a lot to go to the bathroom. And she brought it up to the principal, who said, oh, he might have diabetes. We said that we had never noticed that, but we would, without hesitation, take him to the doctor to have him evaluated as soon as possible. The discussion then switched to all of the normal stuff and fluff, and we exited the classroom. We got into the hallway and looked at each other. I remember looking at Megan, and she was struggling to breathe because she had to keep it together for the remainder of that conversation after the teacher and the principal shared that Charlie might have had diabetes. She couldn't stop thinking about it. Now, sidebar. When two educators walk into a room with each other, and there are other educators, but we're in the role of parents, we still take everything being said incredibly serious and forget that we might need to ask some questions, and of course, we walk away slightly panicked. Okay, so we catch our breaths, and we head downstairs to our daughter's open house discussion with her teacher. We see other parents, and we're playing it cool, and we sit down outside the classroom while our entire bodies are just filled with anxiety and worry. We sit there outside the classroom waiting for the other parents who are in the room having a conversation to end. And while we are sitting there, Megan and I are talking about when I can get off of work and when I'm going to take Charlie to the doctor. And I'm looking at my calendar and I'm beginning to email my assistant. And Megan is physically worrying about Charlie having diabetes because within the five minutes that we're sitting there now, she's already beginning to remember and realize all of the different relatives that we have that have diabetes. And she starts listing off all the people in her family. (laughs) We've talked ourselves into the fact that he now has diabetes and now we're already talking about how we're going to manage this for him, what to do with his insulin and how we would get it to school and where we would refrigerate it. And, and mind you, all of this occurred within the five minutes of walking downstairs and sitting outside that teacher's classroom. We were jolted out of our trance by the fourth grade teacher when she said, Ted Megan, come on in. We quickly switched mental gears to focus on grace and prayed that nothing was going to be told to us in this room or some new diagnosis for her. The teacher we were speaking with had taught Charlie as well and was a legend in the community. She goes on to talk about how quiet and shy Grace is, that she doesn't really play with other kids yet, and that's pretty normal for a little girl who's introverted, and she is slowly working her way into building relationships with other people other than the teacher and the teacher's aide. And she also says, I'm not worried. She indicates this in a really normal way and that there is actually one thing that has been truly helping Gracie. With a glimmer of hope in her eyes, we look to her and she tells us a story. The teacher tells us that we should be really proud of our son, Charlie, who was her former student. We're like, why? Why is that? And then she goes on to tell us, well, every day, three times a day, Charlie walks up to my classroom door and looks in sees his sister Grace, and they wave at each other. He's been checking in on her every day since the school year started. I look over at Megan and both of us have tears in our eyes, and the teacher's like, Oh, it's okay. It's not a problem. You shouldn't be upset. It's just really cute that he cares about her. Megan is crying because of her sweet boy, and I'm crying because she just cured Charlie of his newly diagnosed diabetes. You see, the bathroom our son visits three times a day in the morning is downstairs across from this classroom, and that's what he's doing. He's not going to the bathroom. He's checking on his sister because he's worried about her. And that's what leaders do. They check in. And sometimes it's as simple as a first grader waving at a 4 ker I love this moment in our family history because it repeated years later when Grace went to high school and her older brother was looking over her shoulder, making sure she knew her way. And when I tell this story, it just fills my heart with joy. The power of checking in on others is that it makes all people rise together. So many of us have people around us that we care for, worry about, and feel a need to support. Yet, we too often just simply do the old, how are you doing, and hope that the other person divulges information. Well, hope, hope is not a strategy for supporting people. Process and intentionality, now those are processes to support other people. Be empathetic for a moment and remember the vulnerability you have to have to answer the question, how are you doing? Checking in on others, especially this time of year, is critical. I mean, other than a possible spring break in your future and the college basketball tournament, March, oh, it's simply a weird time of the year. It takes so much perseverance and resilience, and we're obligated to support others during long stretches of time. A couple more reasons we need to be intentional about checking in with others It allows us to know where people stand and for them to know where they stand. I've talked about this because we need to. People carry wild narratives around in their brain and we have an obligation to both tell people how they're doing as well as to ask people how they're doing. Too often, we fail others by not learning either of those. We leave it to others to tell us. We leave it to other people to engage. I mean, my teacher friends right now, At this time of year, it's really important for you to tell your students where you're at with them and where they stand. Tell them. Tell them what you appreciate about them and how you've seen them grow. You want to get through your year on a high, right? Well, reinforce what it is about them that is good and what you notice and how they've changed and what you appreciate. And, oh yes, even that kid. Tell that kid. Same thing with people you live and work with no one benefits from how are you doing they benefit from understanding where they stand one of the natural consequences of checking in is that it provides two key things for great teams courage and vulnerability when you care for others care enough to ask good questions listen with empathy and provide lift they'll be the best version of themselves with you and for the mission how do we do this well I have four steps for you to consider, or as the government calls them, options for consideration. You don't have to be the manager or a leader to do this. You just need to be a person, which is someone who has influence over others, which makes you a leader. And you need to like to charge into storms. First step, break the weirdness. Yep. When you have an interaction with someone, you need to be Scandinavian in your approach, which means intentional, cut to the chase and eliminate the weird shadow boxing that we've mastered, hoping for an opening that allows us to share something we need to talk about or need coaching on. As a leader, I need you to get into it for others quickly. Ask very direct questions and then listen. My favorite question to ask is, hey, how are you doing? Good. Nice to see you. All right. What's the most important thing we should be discussing right now? This reduces the time it takes to get to the point. Now, The first time you ask that, be prepared for a strange look. Like, what the heck are they being so direct for? But the second and third time you ask, here's what happens. People begin to get mentally prepared for the interaction with you because you're predictable and they will be ready. They think to themselves, okay, now the next time I talk with Ted, I'm going to bring this up. Why? Well, you're introducing a conversational habit for them. You're truly checking in and you've now got a cliche associated with your leadership. Cliches can be really good in the world of coaching. They're predictable, repeatable, and anticipated. Key word, anticipated. If they know it's coming, they'll be ready. Second, follow up afterwards to create trust, courage, and accountability. One of the things that I found to be very effective is that once you've checked in purposefully and you've asked the questions and you've had the conversation and you've done the coaching, you do it again. You just follow up. I mean, You did just deposit some wisdom capital. You should see how your investment of time, energy, and concern paid off, right? Not for you, by the way, for them. Call a day or a week later and see how they're doing. Next level is to actually end every conversation with an when is the best time for me to follow up with you. Did you hear the language there? I did not say, do you want me to? I said, when? They're not going to say, never, I don't want to talk about this ever again. They'll say, give me a couple of hours, a couple of days, give me a week. This creates accountability and courage, courage, because now they know they've got you on their side and waiting for further support behind them, especially if they're facing something very difficult. It's especially reassuring to know that there's someone else invested in your journey and success. I mean, imagine how Gracie felt every time that her brother waved. You can do that for others. Third, and critical, don't care if they take your advice. The four words guaranteed to kill a trusting relationship are, I told you so. When you are checking in on others, you can't expect them to be you. You can't be disappointed if they went in a different direction. And you can't care if they took your advice or not. Just because it worked for you doesn't mean it will work for others. When you check in as a follow-up, there is no judgment because you don't know all of the conditions they're facing. If they moved forward with success, positive reinforce it. And if they are continuing to muster up courage, well, here's what you do. You ask them, what do you need from me in order to move forward? They'll tell you if they trust you, if you are predictable and caring. They won't if they know you'll have disdain for their lack of courage or judgment for not taking your advice. Come on, people care. Fourth and last, after the conversation, follow up rapidly with a note. When people are vulnerable and answer the question, what's the most important thing we should be talking about? They are taking a significant risk. They're being vulnerable, and if you want to help people more in the future, they need to know that it is okay, not a burden, to ask, and that it was actually joyful for you to be there for them. Texting people a few hours after a conversation with a statement like, I really appreciated you taking the time to share with me what you're facing. I'm always here for you. Smiley face, beer emoji, whatever. That is more than enough to get the other person to recognize that you enjoy the support that they need. That you really care and you just leave it at that. Close the narrative that they created after the conversation so that they find themselves willing to engage you in the future with greater authenticity each time they talk to you. Checking in purposefully and letting people know you're there for them is a very powerful tool to ensure that they can be awesome. This episode serves as a reminder that you have an obligation with your friends, those you work with, your family, your students, and those you care about, that we are here to support your leadership, create opportunities for your success, and most importantly, to make you the best version of yourself. So, let's do some smart thinking. Describe your approach to checking in. List people you need to purposefully check in with in the near future. And describe your approach for building confidence in your conversations with others. That's it! That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening, and please make sure to share and rate this episode so that I can continue to see the directions you want me to take us on the Smart Thinking Podcast. And as always, thank you to the Well Pennies for their music, Golden Bear Studios for their catalog, and make sure that you download or follow them on whichever musical platform that you use. Okay, as we close out this week... I'll be off for the next couple of weeks from the podcast. I'm going to go do some adventuring with the family. I'm certain a story or two will take place or make its way onto the podcast in the future. So, I'll be thinking about you resting, reflecting, and re-energizing. I do, however, want to end with a lesson from my story to you about Charlie checking in on his little sister. When Megan and I left the room, I was actually smoking hot angry. Megan was relieved, and I was stunned that within our little school, no one had discussed Charlie's visits to his sister. I wasn't mad at any one in particular. I was frustrated that there wasn't a process. I now know that there was no intentionality around sharing concerns about the students and that all the issues we face are easily solved with the collaboration with others. And what I mean by that is within your organization and within your school, we've got to do better. We need to do a better way of having the information follow. We need to be intentional about our conversations and start tapping into the wisdom of everyone around us. That happens through conversations, purposeful check-ins. Schools have a natural flow of students and weirdly not a natural flow of information. Between levels, teachers, and others, we need to be looking for the reasons and roots of why people are the way they are. And that begins with purposefully checking in. Checking in with the other people that have been with our students, or if you work in healthcare, your patients, or if you work in business, your clients and customers. There is so much knowledge within organizations that stays within others that it creates new problems for the same issue. As leaders, we need to be intentional about our support for others. We need to be curious on behalf of others, and we can't settle for the response, how are you doing? I'm good. Everyone has needs, narratives, and worries. If you ever find someone without those, well, go and get the defibrillator off the wall because their heart must have been turned off for a little bit. (laughs) Each day, we can charge into the storms of our own and into those of others. Let's get nuts this week and let people know that we can do this with them, that we can do this for them. Ask what needs to be talked about and create processes to support their success. Focusing on the needs of others, well, that's rewarding and engaging. And that makes us the best buffalo versions of ourselves. This week's song comes from the Golden Bear catalog and is from the artist Abby Sawyer. It's called Whispers, and I love it. Plus, it felt appropriate following today's reflection.
0: I don't want to talk in whispers. I'm tired of tiptoeing right my feet on the ground oh i'm tired of tiptoeing round i wanna get back and down quit wearing a frown Screams. Why do I tear at the seams, forget my dreams Oh, I don't wanna talk in whispers Wanna see my friends again, I don't know where Oh, and I wanna feel the silence see it